Bibles. And let's turn to First Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one. We are studying this letter together. And I trust that your heart has been challenged and encouraged as much as mine has. And we're not even out of the first chapter yet. This study so far, we opened the church back up several months ago, has touched me in a way that uh, probably no other study has in the years. God is working in me, seeking to change me. And I'm thankful that he will continue to do so until I go home to be with him. Or he sends the Son. And if the Lord Jesus returns in my lifetime, then I'm going to see him and I'll be like him. And I'm going to be given a brand new body, a body that is glorified like the glorified body of the Lord. And I can hardly wait. I really am looking forward to that. Matter of fact, that is where my hope is. It's not a hope so hope, it is a no so hope that the brightest days for Bill Jones are ahead of me. This life under the sun is not the final life. There's something good from our God, and it's for him. Hardly wrap my mind around that, but I'm thankful for the hope that is mine. And I'm also very thankful that God does not leave us without instruction. He's let us know that during our life journey, not only does He want us to hope, but He wants us to live holy. And we discovered that that is a life that is set apart for God. A life that is distinct from the living of those around us that do not know the Lord. Those that have resisted God and the commands of God and the authority of God and have chosen to believe that they are a God unto themselves with no accountability No, he wants me to live a life that is set apart for him, that reflects his image, his character, his glory. Why he saved me? He saved me that he might take me back to the garden. He saved me that he might give me a heart that has his law embedded within it, a heart that desires to obey, so that through the power of the Spirit, the requirements of the law will be fulfilled in me because I'm walking by the power of the Spirit. If you think your sanctification will be accomplished by yourself, you're sadly mistaken. You ought to know that right now. The Spirit of the Lord sanctifies. And the truth of God sanctifies. We learned last week that the term that is used to describe who we are 
in the Word of God, the most prominent term is not Christian. Now that's the one we use today. The word Christian is only found three times in the New Testament. And it wasn't a designation that people gave themselves, it was a designation that other people gave them. Look at those people, they're little Christ. Now the term that is used most frequently in the New Testament to describe who we are, in our English translations, is the word saint. And yet it's the same Greek word as holy spirit. We are the holy ones. God has called us to hope. God has called us to holiness. And God is calling us to another thing today that we're going to look at from the text. And I want to pick up and reread for you verses 13 through 21. Therefore, because of everything he taught us in verses 1 through 12, on the basis of the relationship we have with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, because of all these things, prepare your mind for action. Be sober in spirit. And here's the first command. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy. If you address the past father, the one who impartially judges, according to each one's work, here's the third command. Conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold, from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. Who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so they bore faith and I really thought when I began to study verses 17 through 21 that I would cover that entire text today. Absolutely no way. Because my heart was arrested as I began to look at the expression conduct yourselves in fear. And it is the call again of our journey on this globe under the sun. 
It is speaking to the manner in which we live. It speaks to the thoughts that we have, the words that we say, the action that we take. It has everything to do with my relationship to my Creator, my relationship to the Savior, my relationship to the Holy Spirit, and my relationship to you. And my relationship to a community that doesn't know the Lord. My entire journey on this globe is to be one conducted in We have seen in our lifetime an unprecedented attack against the moral structure and fiber of society. Many years ago, many decades ago, they pulled Bible reading and prayer out of the public schools. And they determined that in public places, religious symbols depicting the birth of Christ, nativity scenes, could no longer be set up on public land in many places. It was decided several years ago that a monument carved out of stone with nothing more on it than the Ten Commandments had to be removed from a judge's a case that did not make its way to the Supreme Court. They allowed a ruling to stand in the court underneath. They could not take that case. It wasn't important enough for them to reverse this moral decline in America. We're posted behind them as they sit there Meeting out justice is a copy of the same Ten Commandments that were carved in stone. Our kids for decades have been taught humanism, that man is the measure of all things. You don't have personal responsibility to a creator. The one who has given all of us Rights. No need to acknowledge him. No, the very moral structure of this nation has been under attack. The very family structure has been under attack. What marriage is in the Bible has been under attack. We have seen we have seen single parent households struggling, their kids in poverty. And the destruction of the nuclear family. Agendas by those that are impacting the nation today who have taken stands on their websites against the nuclear family. 
We speak today of toxic masculinity. As if a nation having strong men is a terrible thing. The very structure of the family under attack. Societal structure under attack. Do you know that the primary, the primary responsibility, now this might just, that's what you're thinking, but the primary responsibility of government is not material welfare. The primary responsibility of government as delineated in the Bible is the restraining of evil and the protection of its people. Read that in Hebrews chapter 13. Yet we have watched as the elite, those that would seek to control and govern our people, are profiting off their positions of power with no justice for the rest. And the greatest manifestation that has been rolling through our land for the past number of months has been a cry against the authority structure of a nation with leadership crying for the defunding of the police. That authority structure that God instituted for the protection of people. And we as a nation have been stirred by the racial injustice that we have observed in many places. The purpose of government is to restrain evil, protect its people, and meet out justice. Moral structure under attack. Family structure under attack. Societal structure under attack. Ecclesiastical structure under attack. We, the people of God, the church of God, we who are to be the salt and the light of the world, we that are to be on the leading edge, thundering the gospel of God, and remain silent in our churches, and silent on our street corners, and silent in our homes. And all across the nation, we have lost churches remain closed, while the bars and the weed shops remain open. All around us, we see the deterioration of life itself. My friend, the answer to this dilemma is not new The answer to this
Square allegiance to his character. Acknowledge the character of God. Acknowledge the righteousness of God. And say that the glory of God is what I swear allegiance to. Not the thinking of men, but the revelation of God and his character. Now the word that is used in the context means to cling to God. The fear of God is to want to get close to God. Want to cling to Him. To hold on to Him and not let go. Another word that is used in context is to love God. I love Him with all of my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. And then what's the second phrase to man? Love my neighbor. I want to Wear allegiance to your character, O God of glory. I want to get close to you. I want to cling to you. I'm going to love you with a great passion. Then there's another word in your mind, and it's the word of it. Obedience to God. The fear, you know this verse? The fear of the Lord is is the beginning of wisdom. What he wants, you want to understand, you want to have knowledge of what this life under the sun is all about. The beginning. The spirit of the way. And if that becomes the passion of your life, you'll be able on your deathbed to say to your children, and your children's children, the same thing that my foster father said to me. The parting words, looking back on his 80 plus years of life under the sun, as cancer riddled his body, and he was suffering, thinking that in a brief moment of time he'll be with the Lord, ushered into the presence of his Creator. And he looks at me. And he repeats what Solomon writes in the book of Ecclesiastes, the book that deals with our life under the sun. Hear God and keep his commandments as the whole people. Friend of obedience to God, life is about the glory of God and our obedience. Very beginning to listen. Apart from the fear of the Lord, you will not know how to live. This great and awesome God in the heaven. And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, the small and the great. It's not just that the little ones are to fear the Lord. It is that those who are in positions of power and promise are to fear the Lord. They sung the song of Moses, the bond servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God the Almighty. Righteous and true are your ways, King of the nations. 
who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify For you alone are holy, for all the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. All history is moving toward this goal. All history is moving toward the goal of the glory of God and the honor of God and the fear of God. And in order that we would understand that God is sovereign, that God is in charge, that God, as it were, is a father, he would give to his people the Ten Commandments. For you've not come to a mouth that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind, and to the blast of a trumpet, the sound of words which sound is such that those who hear beg that no further words be spoken to them. For they could not bear the command that even a beast touches the mountain would be stone. So terrible was the sight that Moses said, I'm full of fear and trouble. Mount Sinai, with its blazing fire and darkness and gloom, and whirlwind and trumpets and voice was so terrifying that even Moses the lawgiver shuddered in response. God would only give his people the ten words to demonstrate that he has the right to make the house rules. But after giving that destruction on Mount Sinai now for the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, you would read this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give you, with great and good cities that you didn't build, and houses full of all good things that you didn't build, and cisterns that you didn't dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you didn't plant. And when you eat it are full, then take care, lest you forget the Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Don't forget him. Fear him, remembering your deliverance from bondage. Conduct yourselves in fear, forsaking knowing that you weren't redeemed with corruptible things. The very motive for the fear of God is not only that he's a father will see next week, not only is he an impartial judge, but he's the one who's ransomed us. 
He would say the same to his own people. It is the Lord God that you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from all the earth. Don't put the Lord your God to the test like you did at Mosul, but you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he commanded you. You, our God, and the Father, have the right to command you. Yes, Lord. Amen. <coughs> you see, he not only has the right to make the rules, but he's the one who will judge whether or not you obey the rules. We have as our ambition, Paul would write, whether we're at home or absent, we would be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And I saw another angel flying into heaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth, and to every nation and tribe and country people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heaven and the earth and the springs of living water. Do we fear the Lord? Do we fear the one who was in the temple of God in glory? That temple that's opened and the ark of his covenant appears in his temple and there were flashing flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder and an earthquake and great hail storm. Do we fear him? Severe punishment do you think he will deserve who's trampled under feet the Son of God and has disregarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. My friends, it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Jesse, the one who's the branch 
the one on whom the Spirit of the Lord would rest, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fearful His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, he decides disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he'll judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lay down with the young goat, the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox, and the nursing child shall play over the hole of a cobra. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters of the That will take place when the one who fears the Lord of Satan returns to all this. Have you seen his position of authority in heaven above and on earth? You see him as a father, you know, God. God gives us on the human level illustrations to help us understand the spiritual level. Who do you think God set up the family? You think about that? Why did He create all of us at the same time? He created that, why didn't He just create us all? Like He did the angels. Why did He give us the experience of having children? We get to see them poor and broken. Why does He set up the home with Dad as head. Why does he come and tell the children to honor and obey your what? Your father and your mother. Why lender? Why God come and say, children, obey your father and your mother? Just so that we might understand that there's a father in heaven and we are to obey him. Why does he call on the wife in the scripture to reverence her husband? Not because we're worthy of reverence 99.9% of the time. But she is to respect and reverence her husband. Know that in 
as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and hearing Justice and righteousness. You want justice and righteousness 
and equity and the turn of the United States of America and understanding in all areas? You want to solve some of these issues? Solve them by thundering the fear of God and obedience to Him. Listen to this as I continue to read this text. He will be the stability of your times. We need stability in these times. Abundance of salvation, abundance of wisdom, abundance of knowledge. Here it is. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. Wealth of this nation is not found in the 401k plans. It's not found in the savings accounts, the stock markets, the checking accounts. It's not found in the precious metals. The wealth of this nation, and I'll show you how bankrupt we really are, is found in the fear of the Lord. That is our will. What great wealth it is. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you stored up for those who fear you. Oh, fear the Lord, you good saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions, they suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love for those who fear him. That's pretty well, isn't it? As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. That's pretty well, isn't it? As the Father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. That's pretty he knows our frame. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who can stand? But with you there is forgiveness. With you there is redemption. With you is the cancellation of my sin debt. In order that you would be feared. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He hears their cry. And he saves them. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. In those who hope in his steadfast love. My son. You'll receive my words. Treasure up my commandments with you. Making your ear attentive to it. And finding your hearts to understand it. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord. And 
find the knowledge. You know why there's no fear of God in the land? Because the heart of man is rejected. Oh, that they would have a heart. You know this verse? The fear of the Lord. Oh, that there would be new covenant work in the heart to change the way people think, the way people behave, the way people conduct themselves on the globe under the sun. That is the issue, my friend. That is the greatest need of the hour. That is the hope of the future. It is the gospel of God that has the power to save and change your heart so that a man and a woman will fear the Creator and obey the Creator and love the Creator, and cling to the Creator, and swear allegiance to the character of the Creator. That is the greatest need of the outcome. May God be merciful. 